Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast. Share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together. Dear Genius Leaders, welcome to the show again. Today, I will have a bit of a different conversation, much more personal, I guess. (laughs) Just giving you some updates about me about my perspective on the war in Ukraine or my experiences of it, since this is my background. And let's just see where the conversation leads us. I have some notes uh, or bullet points of what I would think would be good to talk about. But let's see, maybe the conversation goes different way. I just want to keep it open. And I feel like it's important to share uh, about things from my perspective because you trust me with your time. and. This show is reflection of me and my development, both personal and professional and development of my business. And I think it's good to take these pauses sometimes to actually open up a more personal side of me. And um, you can then make your own conclusions on how that is affecting me as a business owner and the mind shifter. So just a bit of a background. You probably know if you've listened to the show before that I am from Ukraine. I was raised in Kiev the capital, and uh, moved away in in 2010 to study in Sweden to do my master there. And uh, I never got back or came back to Ukraine as home home. I have been visiting regularly, of course, but I've been living in the Nordics uh, ever since I moved in 2010. And if you take uh, November 2013, I've been done with my studies by then. I've been working, living in Sweden, being in a relationship when things started going weird in Ukraine. Um, there was this moment when then the president, Viktor Yanukovych, decided to not sign the agreement with the European Union. Union uh, and it was not about Ukraine entering the Union. Uh, we were by far not ready, but it was more about the closer collaboration, let's say it that way. And I remember that I felt like that that is not okay from everything I know about Ukraine, from my, my family, my friends, my buddies from the studies back there. Everyone wanted to have that development, that course of development of being a part of Ukraine, of, of Europe for real, not being seen as a country shadowed by the imperialistic neighbor and uh, a country just being seen in our um in the context of our past of being part of the union, I mean the Soviet Union, and that was being stopped by the person who is supposed to be representing the interests of the country, men. And I was the one organizing uh, the protests at that moment in Gothenburg where I lived that got me involved in the local diaspora, leading to later being on the board for several years. And last year, before I moved to Iceland, I actually headed the board, or, and so I was chairwoman of the diaspora organization in Gothenburg in Sweden. So I've been involved. And that winter, 2013-14, has been tough on so many levels. There was so much shame for being in a country with a comfort, being in the safety, and seeing so many 
of my friends standing on the main square in Kiev, Maidan, risking their health, potentially their life, for the values, for the life that we all wanted for Ukraine. Every time I was opening news, I was expecting to see some face I know personally know of a person whom I've studied with, a person whom I'm friends with, <sighs> covered with blood, being part of that number, or people who've been beaten up by the riot police or things like that. There were several occasions that my then-boyfriend, now husband, stopped me from buying a ticket to go back and to be part of that process, that movement back on the streets. His argument was, you'll be one, just one person. What, what would happen or what will that help with? Right or wrong, I stayed. And I just focused on the things I could affect. I've been doing quite a lot of information uh, sharing with uh, colleagues back at Volvo, where I worked at that moment. A lot of people were coming to me who knew that I was from Ukraine. They were coming, asking for what is going on, asking for my perspective and for information sources and so on. So I created a newsletter and added all of those colleagues to the newsletter and sent out a, an email once a week with three paragraphs. One was about the personal update. So how is my family doing back there? What is their perception? What is going on for them? And then two news coverages, so to say, from two different sites. So something that would be pro-European and some pro-Russian uh, coverage, with uh, giving my comments on to that. So that was that. And then I was organizing some lunch meetings for information. I was just booking a conference room and people would just come there with their lunch and we would talk about things. I would answer their questions, maybe show some piece of like a video or whatever that I felt would help them understand the situation better. So I was writing on that way. And then we were doing some voluntary trips to Ukraine to promote tourism in the country with my boyfriend uh, and to meet the school kids in the smaller places in Ukraine just to talk to them about the things that we have learned uh, in our lives about education, learning languages, about travels, cultures, choice of profession and whatnot. I've been doing two different, several different projects. Uh, twice I've organized film festivals of Ukrainian movies in Gothenburg. Again, promoting Ukraine, giving a different context um, for the conversation, not only the Eurovision or war with Russia or protecting ourselves from them. I've been doing some exchange program with a friend of mine uh, to bring Ukrainian journalists and activists to Sweden to teach them as much as possible about gender equality and uh, working with the question in media. What the goal was to really give the tools and the knowledge to Ukrainian journalists how they can help uh, improve the gender equality through their power that they have through their platforms. So I've been doing a lot of different things just to really feel like I am giving back to the country even though I never came back. And as you probably guess from me starting to start crying uh, in that moment when I started talking about the shame, the shame is still there. And um, it's there now in this two month of war that has been going on full scale for all, all over my country. Another part of the context I would like to give is the conversations I've been having with my parents back in 2014 in spring when the Russian military have invaded eastern parts and uh, annexed Crimea, eastern parts of Ukraine. My parents asked me a question, will you take Marina, which is my sister, younger sister, to you? And I was like, 
of course, I'll take all of you to us into safety. And that meant if, if the war really expands onto Kiev. And my parents said, no, I'm, we're not coming. We stay. But please take care of your sister if something happens here properly. It was tough then, but it was a good practice for this, this year, really. <laughs> because when things started escalating in late January and in early February, when everyone was talking about things not looking good, I took that conversation with my parents again. Do you want to come over? And they were like, no, we're staying. And uh, thanks to those conversations back in 2014, it was easier for me to accept it, that I've practiced enough of those thoughts that they are adults, they have their own choice, and uh, they are in their mind, and they need to be responsible for their own choices. And I just need to respect them, no matter how hurtful that can be. And that's what we have discussed with them, that I accept their choice, even though it hurts and means that I might sometime, might not ever see them again. But I still ask them to prepare, just in case they would change their mind, so that they would have all the documents ready and then like the minimal set of necessities ready and their petrol for the car to get out of town and whatnot. And um, we had those conversations, but again, that was on them to decide what to do. And that is enough of the background, I would say. What happens next is 24th of February uh, this year, which ironically was my mental health day. So if you've heard me talking about that before, uh, since January last year, I started doing that. That's once a month, usually last Friday of the month. I take my day off, so I don't do any work, and I just take care of my health, mental, physical, physical. Um, having no plans or as a rule, I have max one thing on my calendar and that's some kind of pleasure thing. So it could be a massage, it could be a meeting with a friend or having a call with my best friend for like, well, over a walk or stuff like that. But max one thing on the schedule and the rest of the day, I'm just really going with the flow and taking it easy. And um, in February, I couldn't do it on a Friday because I would have to work with one of my clients, but that's why I planned it for Thursday uh, of the 24th. And, you know, like a lot of people remember clearly where they were on mm, 11th of September when the twins were destroyed in the U.S. And that was the same here. I really remember me going to the kitchen, starting to uh, prep for, for the day. My husband kissing me and saying, happy mental health day. And then I said, thank you. And I picked up my phone to write to a friend of mine whom I was supposed to remind to get up on time. And I see several messages from friends how is your family? And I directly realize what happens. And I go to the news and I see full-scale invasion on the news. And I just repeat to my husband, yeah, happy mental health day. And I read out the title of the news. I did stick to my plan of having the mental health day. And I think that was very tough and maybe an unlogical decision. But again, having the practice of 2014 and 13. I knew how important it is to actually stay sane in those moments and not just go down that rabbit hole of reading the news and updates and whatnot. And I did that. I totally did that for some hours in that day, but I really took breaks from that, doing things for myself. I did go to the massage. I listened to music and, and danced and shouted my emotions out uh, until my neighbors knocked on the wall 
which never happens. It was a mix of those things. And since then, it's been obviously an emotional roller coaster. My family are still all alive. They're all fine. My sister came to us approximately three weeks into the war. She left Kiev. She used to live with my parents and uh, she did get here safe and sound. My parents are still in Kiev and they are okay. Their house is still intact. There have been bombings around in the neighborhood, just like 10 minute walk from our house in one direction. And two days later, a shopping mall was completely destroyed by a bomb. Uh, one house away from a place where my parents have bought an apartment and are still renovating or fixing it to move in. So it is very close. They are kind of used to living with them. Um, air sirens and um, yeah, trying to keep life going in many ways. Uh, I also have team members in Ukraine and um, they are all also, I want to say safe and sound, but it's from words, they're not safe. Two of them are in Ukraine, so they are not safe. They are alive and as healthy as you can be in this time. When one has not been in Ukraine when uh, the invasion started, full scale so uh, she's staying abroad for now and um, I'll go into the lessons soon or maybe I do it as a next episode and release one week later just to keep these not too long these episodes but um, yeah let's do it that way so the lessons will be the next episode and the team are working and this is something that blows mind of a lot of people how Ukrainians are ready to work willing to work and they actually deliver it's insane but at the same time it makes total sense because people want to keep the economy moving they need the money coming into the country to keep the infrastructure going to support the volunteer movements and to support the army uh, with what they need and they also need some anchors to reality outside of war to normal life and work is what can provide that yeah let's talk more about that in the lessons but um, this is more on, on the personal update of the, my family and my team. Regarding myself, these two months have been busy. <laughs> First several weeks, I haven't let myself feel anything at all. And when people were asking, how am I feeling? I, I was just honestly saying, I'm not. I shut the door lock, locked it and threw away the key for, for some time. I knew that I wouldn't manage if I would go into my feelings and emotions at that time. Now I'm slowly, as you have noticed, <laughs> now um, letting myself go into that, but only to a degree that keep, um, makes it possible for me to keep going and to keep supporting Ukraine, because right now it's not about me. I've been pausing as much as possible with the company, uh, still delivering to my clients, doing this, the mind-shifting se sessions. And uh, I've had a bigger project that was supposed to be full-time or taking as much as possible of my time in March. And it's still ongoing now in end of April. And I'm eternally grateful to the client who have their understanding that it takes longer. But it was also amazing to have that time of client work in the midst of the whole chaos, uh, hundreds of messages and uh, a lot of things going on at the same time, just to come and focus on one person for a full hour of our session and help them with their development, with their, so to say, routine problems or normal life problems. It's been a huge source of recharging for me. 
reminding myself what I'm good at, reminding myself what I love doing and what why I have been putting so much effort and working so hard for the past two years to actually get this to be my work. Uh, it's been amazing. And when clients were asking me, like, are you sure you want to have a session now? Are you sure you have the energy for this? I was almost feeling like begging them, like, please don't take this away from me because this was so important for me to do. And uh, for now, I have graduated most of my clients. There is one client ongoing apart from that big project that will uh, finish as soon as possible. But the rest, I felt they were uh, in a good space. And especially those clients that I had in Iceland, I wanted to, it has been a plan for several months that would be going abroad and that we wanted to wrap up before that because they prefer meeting in person and I wouldn't be able to offer that over summer. And that felt really good to actually do it feeling that they are in a good space and, and they feel well and they have their strategies, they have their mindset in the right space and know how to continue going with their lives in a sustainable way, in the way that makes them feel happy and empowers them to choose happiness every day. So that feels really, really good. Uh, I was planning before the full-scale invasion happened to promote and plan a mastermind launch during March and do it in April, start a mind-shifting experience in a small group. That obviously did not happen, but that's something that I'll pick up now when I go to the country where I'm going. And regarding the, I know maybe another thing that I could mention that I've been working with the government for the last month, helping them receiving refugees um, using my knowledge of the language and project management skills and whatnot to uh, help them deal with them, redoing the processes of accepting refugees and so on. And uh, it's only one agency that I worked with. And there are so many moving pieces right now and so many institutions that are working and have to change the way they work, they think, they act because of the amount of people coming even here to small Iceland. And uh, it's been very tough and it's been frustrating at, at times, um, not yeah, for different reasons. But it's also been very good for me as a reminder to see the backstage of what is going on and what sometimes feels like, oh, the government is slow. There is just so much going on in the background that they can't talk about, They, but it's going on. I just really want to say thank you to everyone have, who have I have had interaction with in this one month, one and a half, when people from the ministries are applying to my messages at 10, 11 p.m. and we're having conversations on the weekend and so on. It just really shows that these people who honestly don't owe anything to Ukraine I do feel like that, like I am from there. So obviously I have to support right now and I'm not doing it because I'm forcing myself into that, just saying that I do have a personal relation to the country. That's why I'm engaged. But a lot of people here in Iceland with whom I've been interacting, they have nothing to do with Ukraine. Before me, they might have maybe not ever, ever met a Ukrainian and let alone being in the country and knowing much about it in depth. Yet these people have given up on their family lives. They don't see their kids. They're working until 11, 12 p.m. or 11 p.m. and midnight. They're taking their days off uh, or like holidays. There have been quite a lot of holidays with Easter now and so on. And, and they're in the office in those times trying to get the solutions formed and working and so on and so forth. So I just want to remind you guys that 
it might be frustrating to see how slow some systems are, but um, don't just underestimate how much effort is being put in many things that we might not see the whole picture of. So yeah, that's a bit more of the personal update about the past two months. And lastly, just shortly, I'll mention uh, what's going to continue going on for me. We're going to Portugal with my family one day after this episode is released. And we're going there because of my husband's job. He's a uh, assistant professor at the university and it's time for his sabbatical and he's taking time off teaching and he will be collaborating with the research group there at the university in Lisbon. And we're following along. So the idea was that yeah, I have my business that is manageable online and uh, our daughter will go to the daycare there or preschool and we'll just uh, spend three months in Lisbon and then take one month off and travel around and um, have a vacation in August. So you will be hearing more of me because I'll be back on focusing on my company and growing it in sustainable ways. And that is because I want to make it as profitable as possible to be able to support Ukraine in a financial way as well, not only with my time, which I've been doing now, but I really want to do much more. So uh, I'll be back on the platforms at a bigger capacity, sharing the learnings of self-leadership from this crisis, but also from life as normal. And you will hear or read my promotions of the offers that I'm having. And that's because that's how I'm earning my living. And that's what gives jobs to my team in Ukraine. And that would, uh, will allow me to provide more financial support to the people in, in need back in Ukraine. So thank you for being with me. Uh, thank you for being part of the Genius Leadership community. And uh, please do not ever feel pressured into buying any of my services or products, whatever will be coming. I appreciate all of you at the capacity that you feel like you're getting the most value from being in my space. And uh, at the same time, yeah, if you want to support what I'm doing anyhow, if you want to support Ukraine in direct ways, not through my services, please, please, please do so. Please keep sharing your learnings from the podcast with your dear ones, your colleagues, your friends. Let's keep this movement going and growing because together we are stronger and I hope you see it from this war that we are capable of much more than what we thought maybe just half a year ago. So stay together, stay strong and uh, let's talk next week about my observations, some lessons and reflections from these past two months. Thanks again for being with us. Talk to you in a week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything 